Welcome to Dharma If You Dare. Today's recording comes from Doug Duncan and Catherine Poisseret's 2019 online course, Riding the Dragon. In this talk, Doug and Catherine discuss how we attempt to manipulate and control our worlds in order to get what we desire. They explain the importance of making these actions conscious in order to integrate our shadow. Through harnessing the energy of our desires by making them conscious, we can power our spiritual transformation and exercise greater choice in our daily lives. Today's episode covers ideas that Doug and Catherine explore in detail in their best-selling book, Wasteland to Pureland. The second section of the book is entitled Riding the Dragon and covers a variety of topics, including awakening through action, creativity, career, and relationships. Podcast listeners can download a free chapter from the book by visiting planetarma.com slash purelandchapter. And now here's today's recording. Okay, so life is about desire. Desire. Why do we bring this up? Desire? Yeah. It's just so fun. It is fun. We bring up desire because where there's desire, there come secrets, hand in hand. Yeah, so that's just kind of the way it is. We're not saying it should be otherwise. That's how we decide, you know, what we want to do in life is by what we desire, who you want to spend time with, what color you want to paint your walls, what kind of dog you're going to get, right? This is all driven by desire. And so we operate on the basis of manipulation and control in order to get what we desire. And again, we're not suggesting that it should be otherwise. That's just what we do. Some of us control, we sort of figure out how we're going to get what we want and then we make it happen. And other of us manipulate like, oh, wouldn't it be a really nice idea if we painted the walls salmon? Salmon? <laughs> I have to get better at Manipulating if I want salmon walls. That's right. You got to go, honey, would you like salmon for dinner? <laughs> Wouldn't our walls look nice in this color? <laughs> Thanks for the tips. Okay. So again, the key here is just to be conscious about it. How we respond to unknown challenges, right? It's like manipulation and control. If you run into a situation or an unknown situation how do you respond when you run into it do you try to manipulate it to get it where you're comfortable with it or do you kind of go out and put everything in order to get it where you want it right, right. each of us has a predominance each right so predominance. take a minute to think about it and who if you think you're more on the controller side of things raise your hand okay and if you think you're more on the manipulator side of things raise your hand if we're not conscious of it, it's running us. It's not that you shouldn't manipulate. It's not that you shouldn't control. It's not that you shouldn't have secrets and it's not that you shouldn't have a shadow, but you should know that you have it. Oh yeah. And the important part of a shadow, we're going to talk about this later, but I just want to drop it in here. The key part, most people think the key part to a shadow is I don't know I have it. I don't know I had that lust for porcupines. <laughs> right? Oh, you can have a fetish for anything, I guess. That's not the key element. The key element isn't that you don't know that you don't have an, 
an S shadow element. It's that you keep acting it out even though you have it. Even though you know you drink too much, you keep drinking. And even though you know you talk too much, you keep talking. This is the more powerful part of the shadow. It's seen, it's on the table, but you're not noticing it while you're in it. So putting those two things together, it could be like, oh yeah, I know I'm a control freak and we're doing what I want. Right. Right, just continuing to be a control freak. The fun thing about knowing these things is whatever we uncover about ourselves, it's like an archaeological dig, we have greater understanding then. So if we didn't know we're a controller and we realize we are, then we understand why when we get together with other controllers, it gets to be such an abrasive situation so quickly, right? Because it's hard for two controllers to be in the same breathing space. So then we can choose to dial down our control instincts, for example, the or increase our skill at manipulation, right. and which can be kind of a fun exploration right. and vice versa. Yep. Now, the more we desire, the stronger the desire, the more passionate the desire, the more likely we're going to manipulate and control for it or even against it if it's the other way. That's and the true. less likely we're going to be conscious of the fact that we're doing it while we're doing it. So the more passionate the desire, and if you're manipulating for a desire and you're really passionate about that desire, you're probably going to be less conscious of your manipulation, the stronger your desire. So it's a direct relationship. The stronger the desire, the stronger the manipulation or the control, depending. And the more likely is that that manipulation and control behavior is going to be secret from you. And therefore secret from others. And therefore well. secret from others because they don't know what you're doing. They feel it, but they can't see what it is. They can tell that you're manipulating or controlling, but they can't quite tell how because it's even secret from you that you're doing. it. Okay, so this is all kind of how to avoid disasters in your life 101, mm. right? <laughs> because I hope you can get a feeling for how this kind of situation can really blow up and cause a lot of suffering. For ourselves and for other people. So the key here is the consciousness, the awareness, and then we're not likely to get blindsided by the conflagration. That's when the spark hits the powder keg. So the passion of it is important because you can take the same passion, you can take the same energy and apply it to awareness. So the more you apply that desire mind to being more aware, mindful of your own processing, mindful of your own hidden forces, the higher your level of spiritual maturity, or for that matter, the higher your level of interpersonal maturity, or corporate maturity, or even doctoring maturity, because you won't have that energy being bent in kind of strange ways, like in the operating room. So the aspiration to bring this into conscious mind, to bring this into conscious awareness is fundamental for releasing the shadow. Because then you can say, oh, I'm going to bring this energy into the light. What is the desire that I can't acknowledge? What is the desire that I'm afraid is going to cost me everything? And I'm going to just acknowledge it, that that's the case. Well, it loses its secretive power and therefore it gains its transformative power. Make sense? And once it gathers transformative power, it has not only the ability to produce a better state for you, it has the power to transform your stages. You start acting differently and behaving differently in different situations, and people feel that. The key to it, 
curiously enough, is the non-clinging. When you stop clinging to what you desire most, you're most likely going to get it. That's right. Okay, so how we respond to the unknown or to challenges really reveals how much we've done this work, our personal development or what we call our developmental maturity. So that's kind of where the rubber hits the road, road yeah. right? When there's a kind of surprise or challenge. So there are a lot of little secret ways to hide. For instance, if we're asked to do something like take out the garbage, if you kind of go, ah, oh, take out the garbage, right? You're carrying lots of baggage, right? But if you lean into it, yes, the thing I want to do more than anything right now is take out that garbage. You're leaning into it. You're kind of stepping into it. You're not letting your desire mind run you. Because if your desire mind runs you, I would rather be watching my TV program. Then you're going to manipulate and control and your desires are going to come in and you're going to get into conflicts with whoever because they should have taken out the garbage. And then the whole thing spirals out. So the key to transforming desire mind is to make every single moment of your day your ultimate desire. Oh, yeah. And especially those areas that we're not so into kind of go, ew. The garbage. I love ew. the garbage. <laughs> That's an example of an ew area. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because when we can transform those areas into something that we're quite happy to lean into, there's incredible freedom in that. The one problem you're going to have if you make every single moment of your day and life your ultimate desire is you're not going to have anything to complain about. <laughs> Talk about liberating energy. Think about that for a minute. Think of all the free time we'd have. <laughs> Either externally or internally, we're always griping about something or often anyway. Imagine if there was no griping going on and they were just saying, oh, yes, Sensei, I'd love to go out in the pouring rain to your car and change your flat tire for you. It is my highest bliss. I'd have no reason to send you out to change the tire in the pouring rain, would I? That's right. So you're taking the garbage as our example here. Taking out the garbage or... Um Composting the horse manure. That's a good one too. Oh, but you love composting. <laughs> no, none of this, uh, what's it, briar, briar rabbit. None of this throwing yourself in. Don't throw me in the compost but pile. This is, but this is an example of my personal transformation. When I was a kid, I just thought horse manure was like the grossest thing. I was just like, oh, ew, ew. So Yay. it can be done. It can be done. So by leaning into these challenges, or if we don't lean into these challenges, in a sense, we're kind of repressing this kind of bigger, more open person that we're trying to become. So the, these aspects of ourselves become part of the secret from ourselves. These qualities we could have or these talents we could have, like budgets. Yeah, okay, that was a good one. So if I kind of... <laughs> Two thumbs up on budgets. This is a true life story from Clear Sky History. We were kind of always hoping that somebody else would do the budget. Yeah. Um, but so we were repressing this, this person who was skilled at budgets and money and like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll make up the budget, right? Which is a very useful and important skill to have. And then we leaned in. <laughs> and it's been awesome ever since.
sounds like a Pollyanna script. <laughs> the uh, well, in a sense, in a sense, you do want to sort of be a Pollyanna. You do want to create in your space a place where, no matter what happens, you meet it as an adventure. You meet it as an exciting possibility of life, including death. And then it's like it's not such an onerous event. So where we get trapped or where we get stuck is back to the shadow, back to the secrets, going back to the places where we don't acknowledge life as it is. We don't accept mm -hmm. life as it is. We try to write a story about what life is. And that's okay. It's okay to write stories about what you want life to be, but you need to know that if the story falls apart in act two, nothing has really changed except your story. Because remember, our entire social organization is based on hierarchies. Anything over a hunter-gatherer tribe is a hierarchy, right? There's some sort of class structure or order. And these are figments of our imagination. We just make them up. So curiously, you're not much different. Your idea of you is kind of a, like the story of Canada. Maureen over there is a mini story of Canada, the story of Maureen. And a good part of what she holds that her stories are just made up. They're just confabulated. Somebody else pointing to it would tell it in a completely different way. So the key to getting free from secrets from ourselves is to recognize that all the secrets you're keeping are as much stories as the things that you think are true. You're making them up. Your life is made up. It's a fiction. That's really true, isn't it? You're just making it up. It's kind of like a playlist. Yeah, like a playlist. If you don't like a guy, you swap out that tune and swap in another one. The things that we keep secret are the things that keep us most fixed. They keep us most fixed into our current position by the fact that we keep them secret from ourselves. And what's the difference between doing this in a healthy way and an unhealthy way is just awareness. Right because we choose our views. So if we're aware, we naturally choose a healthier view. So all sorts of things fall on this consensual reality, gated communities, countries, nations, political parties, political systems, economic systems. We need them. We can't function as large organizations of people on knowing each other. It's too much to keep in the head. It's too many people to manage. So we need to create these fantasies. So when we create these fantasy hierarchies or these fantasy nations or these fantasy political parties or whatever we're creating this fantasy, they're very useful because they allow us to relate to each other when we don't know each other and we don't know who each other is. It gives us a neutral ground. So they're really important. So the point of secrets, secrets that we keep from ourselves, was to protect us against the onslaught of an organization that was more powerful us called mom yeah. <laughs> or dad. This was our way to protect our nation against the invader, mother and father, in terms of our ego development. So we're not a kid anymore. We don't have a mom Sorry, anymore. what was the way that we protected? By having secrets from ourselves. Oh, right. Okay. Keeping, our, keeping things away from ourselves so they couldn't see them either. Right. Right. So now if we bring them out in the light, what are you going to lose? You're going to lose your family. Mom and dad are gone. They're people now. Brothers and sisters, they're gone. They're a fantasy. Now you have people. So what you do is as you work through these secrets, people become more and more just people. They don't become Japanese people or Canadian people or black people or green people or white people or Irish people. And th this is where the Buddhist teachings come from. All beings are my mother. Right? All beings are my child. Just that 
everybody's just people. And as you do this, your developmental maturity grows. You get much better at being able to meet different kinds of people in different situations and act appropriately to the situation, not based on some fantasy of wanting everybody to love everybody, but on what's actually going on in the situation in the moment. You can surf. We can ride the dragon through different levels of being, from like the racist to the criminal to the saint to the politician oh, right. to the economic. You yeah. can just ride through these groups because you're not stuck in your own secrets about it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review Dharma If You Dare on Apple Podcasts to help more people find and benefit from these teachings. And don't forget to subscribe to get episodes and bonus content sent directly to your device. This year, Planet Dharma's online courses include a variety of topics, such as classical Buddha Dharma and how to establish and strengthen your daily practice, all geared towards life in our modern world. Take a look at what online offerings are up next at planetdharma.com online. See you next time, and may all our efforts benefit all beings.